Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is episode number 375. Jonathan Asley talking about increasing self-love before entering a relationship. I am Sandy Weiner, and I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to love and for love, and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards that she deserves in life and love. A woman of value is somebody who shows up, stands up, and speaks up for the values that are important to her. And every week, I bring you a tip on how to become a more of a woman of value. And this week's tip is to be the love you wish to find in the world. I find that, uh, you know, this is obviously adapted from the Gandhi quote, and I think that we often are looking for something that we are not. And I think it's important to be what you want. And when you are that, when you are more loving and more lovable, um, you become more lovable when you're loving. You you take off all the masks and, and the guards that make it hard to, to love and be loved. Uh, so before I bring Jonathan on, I just wanted to give a shout-out to um, anybody who is not yet a member of my Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. And it's a free group. We are very heavily monitored so that the conversation is positive and does not go into negative bashing of, of men and dating and um, there's no name calling allowed. It's, it's all about kindness and positive growth. So if you're interested in that, join the group. It's called Your Last First Date. And now for my guest, Jonathan Asley. He is a repeat guest. He is known as America's leading midlife dating and relationship coach. He is a defender and protector of women's hearts all around the world. He helps women transform from attracting Mr. Wrong into finding their Mr. Right. He is a successful entrepreneur, coach, speaker, and he's the author of the Amazon number one new release, What the Heck, what the heck is Self-Love Anyway? And we're going to be talking about self-love today. So, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be back on because I had, and I did have a lot of fun the last time we got together. Yeah, me too. So self-love, yeah. this is a term that is way misunderstood and we, we really have gone from the me, me, me generation to the, we don't know what's going on. So, so give, us, give yeah. us some ideas about what it is and what it is to you in particular. Well, um, you know, a lot of people get turned off by the term self-love or they think it's woo-woo or something like that. And some people think it might be a, a, a reflection of narcissism or, or something. And I, I think of the word self-love, I think of words like self-confidence, self-reliance, self-esteem, self-worth, self-discovery. All of those aspects of, of self is incorporated in self-love. And I'll I'll just read what I wrote in my book. I say self-love, our capacity to feed our spirit, fill our love cup, and feel inner peace. And so the idea is, you know, certainly what most of us when we were children, we got love from our parents. They were loving us. 
most likely. I'm not saying in all cases. And certainly those in relationship might love another. But the idea of self-love is how can I turn that love back towards me? How can I give the way maybe I got from my parents, and I'm saying in the healthy way, or how I might have received it in relationship in the healthy way? Because <laughs> um, there's a misconception about love that's an unhealthy one. Um, you know, abuse in the name of love isn't love. That's just abuse. So I say turning it around back inward and how can I give myself the love rather than needing it from someone else, needing it from the external. Yeah, I, so many women come to me with a, a real neediness of having somebody else fill them up. Yeah. And yeah, that just creates a codependent, unhealthy relationship, and it's, it leads to a lot of pain. Yeah. And as you said in, the, in your opening, you know, if for one to attract the, a, a juicy, delicious kind of loving partnership, one must embody that for themselves first. It starts with the relationship with self. And your, your soulmate is you to begin with. Your last first date is you. When, when you operate from that place of there, you can then attract in someone else who's also in the same space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really true. So a lot of people listening might be asking, well, like, so when do I have to be, like, all done with my self-love in order to attract the right person? What do you have to say about that? You know, I love this question because, you know, the, the answer is it's impossible to be all done. I mean, it's a journey up until the last moment, and then it's a whole new journey when you transition to the spiritual plane. So it's, you know, I, I think what's most important is to recognize when you recognize that you, the individual is responsible for their own happiness. That, In other words, I don't need to be in relationship to be happy. I'm already happy. You're, you still might be on your journey of filling your love cup. That's the point when you're, well, I believe you're actually ready and prepared to be in a relationship and to attract that kind of relationship in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have that feeling of lack and, um, you know, that I'm not complete, which, you know, that that uh, Jerry Maguire thing of you complete yes. me with completely screwed up relationships for so long. I, I think that's a really important piece of it, and I agree with you. I, I think that um, a lot of people are in that, planning stage for a long time like they get into I just have to do a little more work on myself and a little more work but I I also believe that we learn so much about ourselves when we're in relationship and that all the thinking in the world doesn't really get you what an experience gets you what do you say to that well I I would agree with that to the extent that sure you know a a short-lived relationship is always a great opportunity to work on yourself um, I wouldn't be actively thinking I need to be in relationship to work on myself because you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for just another lesson instead of a lifetime relationship. So I, I, I agree that relationships are a great laboratory to work on oneself. It is also so important to be in a healed place when you, one is by themselves. Mm-hmm. And, 
it, it, there's an irony. I did a post on Facebook um, this morning, and you said something that reminded me of it. My post said, no better half needed. Healthy relationships are when whole people choose love, not fear as their purpose for being together. And so now I, I know that your audience is women, and I'm probably going to piss off a few women with what I'm about to say, but I'm saying this with the deepest respect and love. I've observed most women who come seeking dating or relationship advice tend to come at it from a needy place. They haven't really resolved that I may want dating or relationship advice, but I don't need, I, I don't need a relationship to be happy. That's the tipping point of when you're actually, your self-love cup is actually running at a full capacity. Mm-hmm. I hear that. You know, people used to ask me um, about my client's success, and they, a lot of times, success was how many are engaged or married or in relationships right now. And yeah. to me, success was much, much broader than that. It had a lot to do with yeah. what saying. A lot of times people come to me for dating support, and they end up getting life support. <laughs> um, yeah. And the dating part is sort of... Eh, we don't need to get to that yet, um, because they realize how much was lacking in their life in general, like in, in terms of their own ability to feel joy, um, to speak up and have better, more intimate conversations with people, not to hold back and stuff the emotions and um, boundary setting, letting go of judgment yeah. of others and being a black and white thinker. All of those things are so crucial to our own inner joy yes um, um yeah i went to a workshop i went to a workshop was all about how to be in our loving and we examined uh judgment resentment guilt and comparisons and i'm sharing this for your audiences i invite each one of you to explore those experiences because when an individual reaches a place of neutrality, in other words, we don't need to judge another for us to feel good. We don't need to feel guilt for us to feel good or for someone else to feel good. When uh, we don't need to compare ourselves to others to feel good. Um, that's when, when neutrality, as boring as that may sound, actually puts you in your optimal loving place which means you're not triggered by things. You're responding to life and not reacting to life. Yep, that's the ideal. Um, I I read a beautiful book called Emotional Agility, and Mm. I love the word agility because I think it's, you know, we're often in this place of reactivity. And there's so many triggers that people don't even notice. So having that awareness, like I'm being triggered, I'm... I'm in reactivity um, mm. is, is a good first step of, oh, my God, yes. I'm recognizing now, right? Um, so let's, let's go oh, back to Oh, by the way, stuff. for those listening, yeah. how do you recognize? I, I want, because some might be saying, well, how, do you, how are you able to recognize? Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Our feelings are our barometer. When we don't feel good, that's actually a signal saying something's up. Now, many times people point a finger at where that not good feeling is coming from, usually from another person. And for those listening, I want you to recognize when that finger is being pointed, there's three fingers pointing back at you. 
That is the recognition. When I don't feel good, the invitation next is go, how did I create this situation? How did I create this situation? I'm going to repeat it again. How did I create this situation for this to happen? Because the not good feeling is actually your higher self, your spirit, your true self saying, I need to love myself in this moment. That's what that's saying. When we don't feel good, it's an opportunity to, to fill our cup up with self-love. Yeah. So yesterday my daughter, who's almost nine months pregnant um, with her mm. third child, she was... Uh, Congrats. Thank you. So she lives in Israel, and I'm far away, which is hard, and she was mm. having a really tough day yesterday. And I, I'm, go- I'm going to Israel when the baby's like the week before, and I'll stay for her. Yeah. Help her. But she's was feeling so completely defeated and out of sorts, and um, so we, we FaceTimed, and she starts crying that, you know, nothing's going right, and, and you know, and I just, I really helped her to break down the self-care piece, because you don't have to do everything. You don't have to make sure the house is clean all the time, and that there's amazing meals on the table. If you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to feel depleted and start being reactive to everything, which is kind of what had happened. Yeah. Today was a whole new day. She got a good night's sleep. The kids were great. <laughs> She's in a happy mood. Everything's going smoothly. And we talked about that today, like how what a difference a day makes and how important it is to take that step back and assess what's going on for me. Why am I feeling so overwhelmed? And what can I do about it? Yeah, um, what you're sharing reminds me of the first chapter in my book, and and for those who are interested in the book called What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway, I talk about the oxygen mask, Um, and and typically for those who have ever flown on an airplane, you know, one of the first things that the flight attendant tells you is in the case of cabin pressure change, oxygen masks will drop from the ceiling, and if you're traveling with small children, put the mask on yourself first. The point is, you have to put the mask on yourself first. And that's what your daughter, with the advice you're giving to your daughter, is put, give that the, the, uh, the illustration of oxygen mask is really how to fill my love cup up. How do I fill my oxygen mask with love? And that the oxygen mask represents the oxygen of love. Um, so how how can people tell if they are lacking in self-love? So we, we talked about the feelings being our barometer, um, if something's up. Um, what other ways can we really start to notice that we're lacking? I, this is a hard part because most people that are lacking self-love tend to be in victim consciousness. The hard part is they're not aware they're in victim consciousness. And so I, I, the, the best way I can explain it was ex- the example I gave before. If one is in victim consciousness, they're pointing a finger elsewhere. They're blaming their circumstances outside of their own experience. That is a signal that one is not loving themselves. Mm-hmm. When we point that the relationship did me wrong or, you know, the traffic did me wrong or the, any, every, if you're pointing 
the finger and saying something is wrong, that's the indication that you're not loving yourself. Mm-hmm. So if they don't have that awareness, um, well, how do they then they actually, I would say they're being pointed out all the time. It's now just, well, you're, it, for those who are listening, start paying attention. Start, you know, right now, I'm, the tip is to begin the awareness of the awareness around possible victim consciousness. And even asking oneself, could I, oper- could I possibly be operating that? Actually, by asking oneself the question, the answer will become revealed, maybe not right away, but over time if you ask it enough time. And again, yeah. if you're not feeling good, that's the barometer to start checking in. Yeah, I, I think also people don't realize that this, these are not truths. These are beliefs that have come. Yes over time, but they're not the truth. And when you start to interrogate the truth and ask, how do you know this is true? Is there any possibility that something else could be true? That, that yes. was a big game changer for me. It was like, oh, there are like... The Byron Katie work? Yeah, the Byron Katie work is beautiful. And yeah, it's simple, but it's so important, and so few people really do it. Um, so that's, yeah. that's a really important key. Um, all right, so so we have we now know. Okay, I got it. I'm lacking in self love. I've been acting like a victim, and now I want to, I want to grow into my self love. What do we do? Great question, and I want to differentiate between self care, self care, and self love because self care might be the the manicure, the bubble baths, the the, you know, doing things for our physical well-being. But when I talk about self-love, I really want to go deeper in saying the emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I, I want everyone to write this down, the words personal development, self-help, and spirituality. And in the self-love realm, I, I, I particularly choose those three mediums, if you will, and they're, they're slightly different. I mean, even though they're, they're in the same genre of self-love, they have a different approach. So I invite you to go to a bookstore and look up personal development books or self-help books or spirituality books and explore for yourself what resonates with you. It might be a YouTube video. It might be this broadcast you're listening to. It might be even my website. The idea is how is inviting oneself to say, finding that that frequency that resonates with you, preferably authors, and I'll share with you my favorite is Michael Singer's The Untethered Soul. Mm. It's one of my all-time favorite books. And right next to that is Marianne Williamson's Return to Love. Those are two great books to begin with, but they may or may not resonate with you. So, Begin the journey of finding out what resonates with you and then follow a path from there. Mm-hmm. That's a great beginning. And I think. I mean, I, by the way, in the back of my book, I give a whole list of, of resources to go to, and, uh, which includes meditation, which includes the book, the you know, Course in Miracles, and, and workshops and things like that. There's so many things one can do to fill their love cup. And my invitation for everyone is invest a minimum of 15 minutes a day, if not one hour, but at least 15 minutes in filling your love cup up. 
because it's a vaccination to impending chaos because there will be things that happen in life. Um, And when your love cup is full, you don't necessarily react to it in a way that brings you completely down. I love that term of vaccination to impending chaos. It reminds me of, I think it was um, the Dalai Lama. Okay. Did you ever read the book of the Book of Joy? It's a conversation between Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. No, I haven't, but I'm going to definitely uh, check it out now. Yeah, it's a good one. So um, it, it's it, it, fascinating. So it was their birthdays, and they they got together, and there was a journalist who took took notes on their conversation. And the Dalai Lama has this term called emotional immunity, and it's very okay. much like what you talk about with the vaccination. It's when you can become immune to emotional triggers, you know, where yeah. you, you're not affected, just like you develop immunity to diseases, you basically don't get affected anymore by the same things that used to trigger you. And so I love, I love those terms, you know, because it, it, yeah. to me it really illustrates the work that we need to do. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, because something came up as you were talking about this self-development and finding what resonates for you, something I see a lot is that people get very um, confused because they start listening to too many people. It's like, I like this person, but that person said something else, and now I'm confused about what, you know, what I really should do and what's really true, and, and they get overwhelmed, and they don't really get a lot out of it anymore. So do you have any... Yeah. You know, anything to say to that? No, that's a great question, and I hadn't thought of it that way because my invitation for everyone is explore one, for lack of a better word, I'm going to use the word teacher or guide. I don't like, you know, the term, you know, the labels that go with it, but follow one at a time. And then Mm -hmm. if you, then you're following someone else and you feel like it's in, it's in contrast rather than, judging it or making a comparison go oh that's an interesting perspective it's different from this perspective it's an interesting perspective my recommendation is do not listen to anyone's advice as being the bible and what i mean to say as being fact or truth they're merely perspectives to open one's individual consciousness to open up your own perspective and you'll begin to you know as you begin a practice You'll notice my invitation is definitely don't believe someone's, you know, what someone's written or said is being fact. Just Mm -hmm. allow it to be part of your consciousness. And that will relieve the tension of analysis paralysis. Yeah, I think it takes it takes time for people to develop the confidence and that that they can that they know the answers within. I think yeah. when you're starting out with this process, it can be very overwhelming and you don't know who to listen to and what feels right because you haven't yet developed that muscle. But I um, I agree. I think we have to really be careful not to take it all in and hold it all as gospel because so many people who I used to follow, I don't follow anymore because I've evolved yeah. and grown. And that's that's part of the process. But you And you needed those individuals to help you create the contrast for your new level of awareness. So mm-hmm. it's, so whomever you follow, and, and it, c- it could be someone completely disrespected, you know, out there 
it's okay to just hear what they have to say and then hear the next person and what they have to say and the next um, guide, if you will, because they're all guides in one's life and it doesn't happen overnight, okay? It takes a while, as you said, to develop a practice. And once this practice happens, you become immune to those things that will take you down a rabbit hole of despair without ever returning. Many people are sadly suffering in life because they're so far gone down the rabbit hole that, you know, it would take a, it takes a humbling event to shift that perspective. And while it does happen, my suggestion is avoid it before it gets that bad. Start the work now. Yeah. Yeah. I think also um, that I, I just had a thought and now I lost it. Um, something about listening to oh, that we can also just take what works and don't have to take everything from from anybody. I think that you know often we put people on a pedestal who we think know more than we do, and you don't have to accept every single piece of no. wisdom that they share as gospel. This is really about you sorting through and figuring out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to encourage people to do that, too. Um, Absolutely. So let's talk about um, in dating. Let's say you're dating somebody and you want to know if they have a self-love practice. What would you be looking for? Mm, great question. So if one has already began their own practice, you already are aware of what that looks like for you, and recognize that somebody else might have a different practice. It doesn't have to necessarily be just like your own. My question is to simply ask the question, <laughs> do you have a personal development practice? Do you have a self-help practice? Do you have a spiritual practice? Ask the question and see where it takes them. Um, for some people, they might, and some people, they might go to therapy, for example, they might be going to workshops. Some people might not do anything. I say start with asking the question. Say, hey, this is something I do. I'd like to know your thoughts on it. And you can also invite them in by asking their opinion of it. It gives you a great sense of what they think. Because a closed-minded person will poo-poo it, and an open-minded person might go, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So just ask the question. Yeah, I totally hear that but and I agree with you. Self-help or self-love mm-hmm. because that, again, self-love is still relatively new term out there and it could be confusing. Um, I think the two words speak volumes together, self-love, right? I think it speaks volumes. But that's why I say personal development, self-help, spiritual practice. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I like to ask people um, what have they learned about themselves since their last relationship ended? Yeah. Questions like that. Questions that make you see whether they're self-reflective, um, and, you know, or what have you learned about relationships? And it, you can really learn a lot from their answers because if they say, yeah. oh, I learned that uh, all women are terrible communicators, they all have drama on them, you know, it's like, okay, bye-bye. Um <laughs> Well, but the bye-bye is because that's not really something he learned. That's a judgment. 
Mm-hmm. You know, in that particular case, or, or women, by the way, say the same things. I don't want to date oh, yeah. a cheater I'm or a liar, sure. blah blah blah. And I'm like, really? Okay, is that, you know? I mean, and quite frankly, when someone says that, I go, not very evolved. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about yourself? And and mm-hmm. actually, even go deeper and say, you know, was there a part of you that was unhealthy, and did you heal that part of you? You can even go mm-hmm. deeper now. Most people will tell you not to interrogate someone on a first date. I'm the opposite. Interrogate them up the yin-yang, preferably even before the date on the telephone. That's, you know, interrogate them before the date. And I say that tongue-in-cheek, but what I mean is your time is valuable. If you're on the telephone, use that time to determine compatibility, and then you can think about chemistry when you meet. Yeah. Yeah, I I I vet very very well these days, and I don't go out yeah. as much. So I'm curious about you. Um, since you started really upping the ante on your self love, have you found that you don't date as often? Oh, so much. Okay, so before <laughs> I became a dating coach, or at the time I became a dating coach, I gone out on over 300 dates in a five year period. Uh, oh wow! Now I can literally screen based on a text message. <laughs> I have that type of I have that type of intuition, that type of awareness that literally mm-hmm. within a short text message I'm capable of determining compatibility. Um, oh. and so I I go on very few dates. I think I've only gone on a few dates this year. Now I I certainly and for your for your audience, I went through a trauma last year with a loss of um, someone in my life. So I haven't really been putting myself out there until just recently. Mm. Yeah, and and it's important to take time to heal and to grieve, like you've been talking about the healing yeah. part. You know, otherwise you're also expecting other people to, you know, heal for you. Um, like Brene Brown talks about when you're going through a trauma. Don't get up and speak about it until you've worked through it, or people will feel responsible for making you feel better on the stage. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great advice. You know, we're, people are not supposed to take care of your emotions for you. Um, so any final hmm. words of wisdom for anyone who wants to go on their last first date, Jonathan? Well, your last first date is with yourself. It's mm. become the partner you want to be. Have you be your soulmate. You are, you are your best relationship. Operate from that mindset, and I promise you everything else will shift in the, in the realm of attracting what you want. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Very, very Thank wise you. words. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah, so Jonathan, thank you so much for for joining us today. And um, thank people you. can find your book at where can they find it, and where can they find well, you? They can, they can find my book at Amazon called "What the Heck Is Self Love Anyway." Um, I don't know if right below there'll be some link to. Uh, I, I I certainly have a gift for your audience, which is a few chapters of my book. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully we can include that here, or you can just go to jonathanasley.com forward slash love, 
johnsonasley.com forward slash love to get a couple chapters of my book and then join my group if you'd like to learn more. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I, I will post this in the show notes. And um, for anyone who's just listening and not checking out the show notes on lastfirstdate.com, go to jonathanasley.com forward slash love. Well, thank you for being love. Oh, likewise. For, yeah. Um, people need more people like you in their lives to help them access the love that they have within and create more love in the world. So thank you so much yeah. and um, really keep doing that wonderful work. Oh, thank and you. Likewise. And big hugs to you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jonathan. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. And if you love our show, please rate and review it wherever you listen to podcasts. It really means a lot to the growth of the show to keep reaching more and more people. Um, and we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> <laughs>